Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Hey, isn't that exciting about Malawi? That was super cool. Can I just tell you, uh, Hunter and I were talking yesterday, and we just did a little bit of quick math, and we believe that there were almost 1,100 people that joined us, whether it was in the room or online, for Christmas Eve this year. I mean, that's pretty amazing. That's... And you saw that there were 240 adults in Malawi and 140 kids. And they are just busting at the seams when, they're, when they have to meet inside. They do participate with us on video, and then they do some stuff that's outside, but they have three overflows now for adults to be able to uh, sit in a hallway and still listen. Um, and so we are looking to see what we can do about that to help them. Our, our campus in uh, Star Valley, Wyoming is busting at the seams. The week before Christmas, they had 60-some people in a room that maybe should seat 50 people at the most. And so God is good, amen? Amen. So I just wanna mention that to you because uh, a few weeks back I told you that we were going to take an offering uh, in just a couple weeks now, two weeks from today, we're gonna take an offering and that is to redo this stage. And the reason being is when I say to you 1,100, probably even more than that people were participating with us, most of those, over half of those were participating online. So they were watching on video. So whether that was in Star Valley, whether that was in Malawi, whether that was, uh, whether that was just people watching from home, that's where most of them are getting this content from. And so we need to do our very best with it. It needs to look really good. It needs to sound really good. And that's not even including what we don't know yet is the numbers from the jail and from Deer Lodge Prison and some of the other places um, that were also participating with us. And so this is so important to us. And so we've asked that uh, in two weeks, we're going to take an offering and that offering is going to go in its entirety to uh, redo what we need to do up here to make this so that it will look the best that it can for online viewing. And uh, I told you a few weeks ago that it was going to cost $60,000 and we already had 10 of that. And then I told you that if we raise the other $50,000, that I would wear a sparkly suit So let me give you a little bit of update on what's going on with that. So far, without even taking the offering, we've received $28,000 towards that. So if you guys want to just do like another $21,000, we'll call it good, right? No, I will happily wear the suit if that's what it takes. Uh, but we're excited about that. So make sure that you make note of that. We've had just some incredible people that have stepped up and been extremely generous and, and just said, we believe in what God is doing. We believe that God is using uh, what we're doing here in East Missoula to change the world. We had the opportunity, Shannon and I, to talk to Zeb and Stacy in Wyoming today, and they are just so excited to watch what God is doing. And so just continue to pray that, that as he continues to open doors, that we will be ready to walk through them. Amen? Amen. When you came in, you saw that there was a little card on your seat. If you've been with us over the last few years, that you know, you know that over, I think, the last three or four years, we have asked you to um, just prayerfully consider what your word for the year is. If you don't know what that means, it's basically just saying, God, 
what is it that you have for me in this upcoming year? And so some people will do more than one word, but I, I'd encourage you to not make it a sentence. So maybe your, maybe your word is, uh, is above. That was my word for this last year, is to, is to keep my eyes on things above. And, and to be able to really just lean into that and to trust God with whatever that word is. And so we've given you those cards because what we want you to do is whether you do it today while you're here at church or whether it's something that you take home and pray about, once you write that word on that card, we ask you to put it somewhere where you'll be reminded throughout this year because I believe with all my heart that God has big plans for you in 2022. How many of you want 2022 to be better than 2021? Amen. So I'm being very careful in what I say because in, in 2020, I said, there's no way that, or in 2019, I said, there's no way it can be worse than 2019. And then COVID hit and it's been kind of crazy ever since. But I believe with all my heart, if we'll lean in and trust God that he has great things for us, he has new things for us, and he wants to do amazing things through us. Amen. So we're gonna, over the next few weeks, we're going to uh, have a series that we're walking through called Built to Last. And, and Acts chapter 20, verse 32 says this, and now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all he has set apart for himself. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments, as we look at your word, I pray, Father, that you will show us what we need to see. We are so grateful because, Lord Jesus, you are doing incredible things. And God, it isn't because we're incredible, it's because we serve an incredible God who is able to do exceeding abundant above anything that we could ever ask or hope for. And so Father, I'm so grateful that Lord, even when we've dreamt small, you continue to push us to big. And Lord, I pray that that will be the, the mantra for not just the church as a whole, but for us as individuals, that we will step into things that are so much bigger than us and we'll trust you through all of it. We give you all the praise today in Jesus' name, amen. So this verse says that God has a great inheritance for you. And so over the next few weeks, I want us to spend some time looking at this idea of that God wants us to be built so that we can last. Because I, we walked through a series where we talked about the idea that, that the world is pushing hard against us right now. There's a lot of things that, that feel like it's a constant battle. And, and there, are, there are things that we can do inside of ourselves and inside of our spiritual life that can set us up to be ready for all of those things to push against us and we'll be able to withstand whatever storm may come our way. Amen? So I wanna just spend a little bit of time because I know it is New Year's Day and I know some of you are tired. Some of you didn't get much sleep last night. Some of you, I've talked to a few of you before church and I was like, hey, how was your new year? And many of you said it was nice. I went to bed early and I, found, I got some good sleep. And, and some of you, that's not the case. But I feel like this is a time where many of us would maybe even do things like set resolutions. Um, many of us set them, we make them to break them. How many of you do that? You, like, you set resolutions that you know there's no way you're going to do. But it feels good to say you're going to do it. But then the actual follow through is the hard part, right? Like, so, so today I want to just take a few moments because I want us to understand that God is calling his church to be a people that don't just talk about doing things, but we actually walk them out. He wants us to be in a position where we are, we are successful and we're leaning into him and we're trusting him and we're believing him and... What would it look like if as the church, we allowed him to be the one that defines us? It would change everything. 
So I want to look at a story that we find in Luke chapter 14. It says this, Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those uh, who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told the servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that the, my house may be full. So I want to look at this story for just a few moments because I believe that in this new year, it's a time for us to set priorities and to really understand what it is that God wants from us. God loves you. He has plans, dreams, and desires for you. He wants to do incredible things through you, but many times we don't see those things come to fruition because our priorities are out of whack. So we make excuses to not go and do something that God's telling us to do. Now, I look at this story, and when there was a banquet like this, when, when somebody who had means would say, I'm gonna have a banquet, that was a good thing. It was something to look forward to. It was something to understand this guy is going to lavish his guests with his very best. He's, he's calling in the, the good, the good uh, cows and the, and, the, and the great food and he's going to, he's, we're going to party and it's going to be amazing. But yet all these people in the story, they come up with all of these excuses. And as I was thinking about that this week, I was thinking how many of us, if we really understand that God has something so good for us, but yet we spend so much time making excuses excuses not to be involved in what God has for us. So I want to look at this story in a little bit of detail because I think that, that as, we, as we do, we can understand some things because uh, why, why we would make excuses to miss out on something good makes no sense. So the only thing I can think is that maybe we don't really think what God has for us is better than what we can do on our own. And if that's true, then we really need to reexamine this whole faith thing. Because if we think that what this world has to offer is better than what God has to offer, then do we really have our faith in him? Do we believe him to be good? So today I want you to understand something. As we talk about this, we're talking about this king, this ruler, this, this, this man who has called all these people to his banquet, and it is good. It's going to be amazing. So maybe for us where we need to start this conversation is to be able to say to ourselves, I believe that what God has for me is good. So I'm going to ask you to say that right now. Repeat after me. What God has for me is good. Look at your neighbor and say, what God has for me is good. Some of you are show-offs. You got even a better word than good. You went with amazing. That's good. Um, so as I was thinking about this, there are, there are three excuses that we see in this story. The first one is, it's essentially that uh, it says that the guy goes, he, he's got some, or the second one was that he went because he got some new oxen and he had to go and try them out. Um, none of us have ever missed church or missed out on God's call because we were trying out a oxen, I don't think. 
right? So that doesn't really make a ton of sense to us, but what it is is it's basically wealth. It's, it's, pursuing, it's pursuing things that, would make, that, would, that are important to us, that are, that are things that would make you like a wealthy person would be able to do that. And so as I, I thought about that, I thought there are people who you live your life seeking after the things of this world. So money, finances, stuff, instead of seeking after Christ. Now, the thing is, is if we really take God's word and we believe it to be true, it says that when we chase after God, he brings us the other stuff. The problem is we get it backwards and we think, well, I'll pursue all this stuff and then when I have time, I'll chase after God. But can I tell you, you'll never have enough stuff. The enemy is so good at convincing you that you'll never have enough, so you keep pursuing it and pursuing it and chasing after it, and you'll never get there. And so that's, the, that's one of the excuses that we see here is that people are seeking money instead of seeking what God has. And the other one is they're just too busy. Some of us, we, we are ruled by our calendars. We're not ruled by God. We're ruled by our calendars. What, you know, you're, you've got you've got kids that are in this sport and this thing and you're running from this event to that event and you've got all these things that are on your calendar that you've got to accomplish and I don't feel successful unless I accomplish all of them. And so every day you wake up and you bow to your almighty calendar. And how many of those things on your calendar, they may be good things, but they're not God things. How many of things on your calendar could you actually maybe set aside and say, you know what, God, I feel like I've been just too busy and so I need some, I need some time with daddy today. I need to spend some time with you and I need to set some of these things aside. In verse 20, we see that one of the excuses is the guy says, I got a wife. I'm not gonna dig too deep into that because my wife is sitting right there. Um, Lester, you're a brave man right there, brother. Um, so as we look at that, that we'll, we'll, just, we'll just label that one relationships, okay? So, so they've been invited to the king's table. They've been invited to a feast. They've been invited to a banquet. That's good. It's really good. But now all of a sudden there's, there's financial obligations, there's calendar obligations, then there's relationship obligations, and they all are stopping them. So there's riches, responsibilities, and relationships keep us from his table. Look at this, verse 18, it says, they, but they all alike began to make excuses. We live in a world and a time where we can come up with all kinds of excuses, there's all kinds of reasons. I love that, that uh, Jason got up here and was, as he was talking about giving. He, it's really just this heart issue, right? Because we can come up with all, all kinds of reasons not to. I'll talk to people all the time who will just say, you know what? I don't give to the church because I've been burned in the past because I've watched people do things with the money that they shouldn't have done or whatever, whatever the reason is. You, you saw televangelists who, who did stupid stuff or whatever it is. But can I just tell you, at the end of the day, you're responsible for what the book says. And if you put money in that black bucket as it goes past or you give online and we take it and we do something we're not supposed to do with it, how many of you know you've done right and we're accountable for what we've done with it? So at the end of the day, if you're, if you're faithful with what God tells you to do, he's going to bless you because the word says that he will. 
But we can find all kinds of excuses why not to do things. So as we look at this, the enemy will feed you excuses to keep you away from the table of God. Why? Because at the table of God, you will find peace, you'll find protection, you'll find his providence. These are all things that are available to us as believers. But for many of us, well, I'll talk to believers all the time who are being like, man, I'm, I'm trying, but I don't feel his peace. I'm trying, but, but I just can't seem, no matter what, I can't seem to make ends meet. I can't pay the bills. And the, re, the reality is for many of us, we have come up with one or multiple of these excuses that these people had in this story. And God's saying, I have a table for you. I have all that you need. I have not only all that you need, I have things that you desire for you, but you have to show up. You have to come to the table. You can't make excuses to do whatever you want and expect because there was no Uber Eats, right? Like you can't go out and say, I'm gonna go look at my field. Can you deliver me some of that good food that you got at the table? You gotta make a choice. You gotta go, is my choice to follow God? Is my choice to do what he's asking me to do? Is my choice to do what is godly? And many of us, man, I know I'm guilty of this because I can get distracted doing all kinds of good things. But there are times in my life where my calendar gets busy and I have to go, God, which of these things is your stuff and which is just me trying to do good? Which of this stuff is God-ordained God stuff that he wants me to do? And which of this stuff, because there's a lot of things that we miss out on because we're busy doing good stuff. And God isn't wanting you to just do good. He's wanting you to do godly stuff. He designed you with a purpose. And so when the enemy can sneak in there, here's the deal. The enemy is not ever gonna come to you and go, hey, you know what, Alan, I want you to start a satanic cult in your basement and you're going you're gonna to sacrifice puppies, right? He's never going to come to you with that. Why? Because you would never do that. You're like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. But where he's going to maybe trick you is to get you to do a bunch of good stuff while you're not doing the God stuff that he asked you to do, right? Because he's smart and he's cunning and he's good at what he does because he's been doing it for a long time. So he's not going to, he's not going to, you know, you, some of you, you've been raised in the church, you've been around for a while, and he's not going to, he's never going to tempt you with like becoming a heroin addict. It's not even on your radar. But what he will do is the calling that God's placed on your life, he'll distract you with some other stuff over here to keep you from it. And so as we look at this story, what we need to understand is that we've got to pay attention because excuse number one you know, first of all, as we look at that excuse, it doesn't make a lot of sense because who goes and looks at the field after they bought it? Like the guy already bought the thing. That's not when you go examine it. You examine it ahead of time. But it sounds good. Like, hey, I just need an excuse to not come to the king's table. Excuse number two is, again, going to, to look at oxen and then the dude has a, has a new wife and maybe that's a, an okay excuse, I guess. But Inside of that, we've got to understand that the problem isn't with the pursuit. The problem is with our priorities. So we've got to prioritize what God says. We've got to prioritize what he wants for us because it's only in that that we will find this peace, this protection, this providence that God has for us. A good thing can become a bad thing when we try to make it a God thing. And I think we're all probably sometimes guilty of this. 
We see something and we go, oh, that's a good opportunity. That's, that would be great. And so I'm going to step into it before we even pray about it. Before we even ask God, is this what you want for me? How much of our time and our energy do we give without even asking our God what he wants for us? I'll be honest with you. It's something that is very easy to neglect. Because if you feel like I'm living right, I'm doing what God's asking me to do, I'm trying and I'm, I'm making an impact and we're seeing God move in all these different areas, it's super easy to just start moving and jumping towards things. But I don't wanna just do good things. I wanna do God things. I wanna see God move in what he's asking us to do. And I, even as we talk about the church, like, it'd be super easy to just keep jumping in all different directions. But I don't want to do that. There's all kinds of areas that we could expand. We could, do, we could do things bigger. We could do things better. We could do all of those things. And that's great. But if God isn't in it, then it's a distraction. And I don't want to be distracted because I'm telling you right now, the time is short. The time is short. And we have only so many days to win the lost to make a difference, to make Jesus famous. And I don't want to waste a single one of them just doing something good. I want to continue to do what God's calling us to do. Amen? Amen. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 says, No other gods, only me. Some of you would say, I, I don't feel like I've got other gods. I don't feel like there's other things. But, but if you were to, and again, I love that Jason said this, because if you were to, to pull out your checkbook, maybe you don't have a checkbook. That's probably old school. If you were to pull out your banking account and, and look at where you spend your money, you might find that there's some things that are maybe gods to you. If you were to pull out your calendar, and look at all the things that you prioritize over everything else, you might find that there are some things that are actually God's to you. Some of you are like, why did we come on New Year's Day to church? The reason I'm telling you this is because I believe with all my heart that, that God is, is ready to do something new and exciting and big, Amen. but he needs his church he needs us to prioritize the right things. He needs us to step into the calling that God's placed on us so that we can do what he's asking us to do and we can do it in a way that will change the world. What the enemy does is takes good things and tempts you to make it a God thing. Takes a good thing and tempts you to make it a God thing. So in other words, that's just that space that we can find ourselves in. And I just want to challenge you today to make sure that you're not there, that you're not doing that. Some of you have, like I said, have, you've got kids and you're in, in travel sports, you're doing all these things and you're gone all the time and you're able to like look at that and go, man, I'm being such a good parent. And that's great. We need to, we need to focus on our kids. Don't be the parent that just gives them an iPad and sends them in the corner for the whole day and you don't ever talk to them and you're not engaged in their life and you're not looking at what they're doing at school because you've got to pay attention to what they're doing at school. I'm just going to say that right now. You've got to watch it. But, but a lot of times we can go pat ourselves on the back because we're being a good parent. But at the end of the day, are you being a godly parent to your child? 
Are you instilling in them what they need so that they can go into this world and not be infected by the disease of sin, but they can actually be the cure to the disease of sin? As a youth pastor, I've said this before, but I used to sit and I would watch parents would sit across the desk from me and they would be wondering why it is that their 16-year-old daughter is sneaking out every night and getting into all kinds of trouble or why, why all of a sudden they found out that she's pregnant and, and, and now they don't know what to do with that. And they come to me and they ask me, what do we do in this moment? And the thing that always bothered me is it's like going to a mechanic with your car that you've not done any maintenance on for 30,000 miles, never changed the oil, never checked the oil, and then you wonder why it broke down. The reality is we've got this owner's manual and it tells us how to do all of these things. It tells us how we're supposed to live. It tells us what's godly. It tells us how we're supposed to prioritize things. But for many of us, we don't mess with it until it's broken. It's like driving your car and it's making a weird noise and instead of like pulling over to look at it, you turn up the radio so you don't have to hear it anymore. It doesn't actually fix the problem and for many of us, we've got things in our life that we are, we are, we are neglecting and we've gotta to come to a place where we understand that the king comes first. We need to see through the smokescreen of excuses. Sometimes the excuse looks different than that because some of you, where you sit today is that, that you don't feel like you deserve a seat at his table. Maybe you've done stupid, maybe you've done bad things, maybe you've had a hard life, maybe whatever. So you sit here today and you're like, that sounds really cool, but I don't deserve to be at the king's table. I'd be, I'd be happy to just have a, a, a line of sight to the king's table. That's about as close as I'll ever get. And can I just tell you that that many believers settle for the scraps from under the table when he's got a seat for them at the table. Because here's the deal. He can cover your mistakes. It's what the book says. The Bible says that when we accept him and we ask for his forgiveness, not only does he forgive us, but he covers our stuff. So maybe you sit in the room today and you've been involved in all kinds of bad stuff. Maybe, maybe it's, you, you feel like, man, I, I cheated on my spouse. Maybe you had an abortion at some point in your life or maybe something else that you just feel you were a drug addict. Whatever your thing is, it feels so big and so ugly and so hard that there's no way. But I'm telling you right now that the God of the universe sees you and he loves you and he's already paid the price for you. I feel like I need to stop here for those who are watching in the jail and in the prison right now because you need to hear this. It doesn't matter why you are where you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how hard it is. All that matters is that when you put your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ, he's more than able. And he loves you and he sees you and he cares so deeply for you. And you may go, I, I could never darken the doorway of a church. And I want you to know that you are welcome here. Amen. Because none of us in this room deserve to be here. We're all messy people, but we're all saved by grace. Grace. 
We can often use our excuses to avoid discomfort and pain. It's, it's like the New Year's resolution. You say, hey, I'm going to get into shape, right? I'm going to exercise every morning. I'm getting up. You set your alarm, 5 a.m. I'm getting up. I'm going to start exercising. I'm doing this. Man, you give me, give me two months and I'm going to be built. It's going to be great. So you get up five in the morning and you go and you drink your raw eggs or whatever you do before your big workout. Don't do that. That's disgusting. Um, You play the old Rocky music and you're like running the stairs up. Oh, here we go. We're going to go jog. And you get outside and it's like, man, it's cold out here. I'm still doing this. I got this. And so you start running around the block and your lungs start burning and your feet start hurting And you go around, well, I'm going to do two laps today. And then tomorrow I'm doing six. It's going to be great. And then you wake up the next morning to your alarm and go, you know what? I did so good yesterday. I think think I'm good for this week. But next week I'm hitting this thing hard. It's amazing. A lot of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's crazy because then I know there are some of you in the room and you just love to run, man. You are just like, oh, there's this runner's high. It's so good. I need to look up the verse, but there's a verse in Proverbs that says only a fool runs when he's not being chased. And I'm like just telling you that is like my life verse. That's what gets the amen out of the message today. We'll have shirts made for the church. (laughs) But people make all kinds of excuses to not be involved, to not come to church, to to not participate, to not give in the offering, to not give your time, all of those things. It's amazing to me because if we were to say, if I was to stand up here today and say, hey, we got a lot of work to do on this stage and so we need some volunteers and it's gonna be long, grueling hours and we're gonna, we're gonna put in a lot of time and we're gonna do it for you know uh, three or four nights this week and we just need you to come out and just be ready. And we'd get some of you that would show up because I know you and you would. But if I was to say, hey, tomorrow night we're, uh, somebody gifted us some money and so we're gonna, whoever wants to come, we're gonna, we're gonna go eat at the depot and, we, and, we, and it's all, all paid for. It's gonna be, how I many of you know I'd get a lot more people that would show up to that than to come and work, right? A lot of times what we need to understand is that if we're basing what we're doing on our feelings and what feels good to us right now, I mean, you know, you, you would, if that was the case and your resolution is to get into shape, you'll never get into shape because if you're only going to go on what, you feel, what feels good, it doesn't feel good to get up at five in the morning and go jogging, except for some of you crazy people in the room. <laughs> but for normal people, that doesn't feel good. In an effort to avoid missing out on what we think matters, we miss out on the only thing that really matters. See, a lot of times we'll skip out on things because we feel like, well, I don't want to miss out on anything. I don't want to, I don't want to commit fully to this Jesus thing. I don't want to commit fully to, to church and do a life of, of pursuing God. And, and again, it's, it's back to what Jason said. It's that, it's that giving up of yourself and, die, and picking up your cross and saying, it's not about me anymore. It's about him. So when we get to that place, we feel like, boy, if I do that, though, I'm going to miss out on some stuff. 
There's some things that my friends are doing or some things that are going on in my life that if I, if I do that, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna miss some things that would maybe make me happy. But the reality is, as we look at this story, all these people made up excuses to go and check out oxen, to go and, and check out a field. They missed out on a banquet that was incredible because they chose to do some things that they thought sounded good in the moment. And for many of us, what are we missing out on? Because God is calling us to move forward in this relationship with him. These men were preoccupied and they saw things from a perspective that was completely out of whack. So excuse number one, we put our trust in our stuff instead of in him. If we come to a place where we trust him with our money, then we will be in a place where we are actually trusting him. Are we more concerned with our field than we are with his feast? There's nothing wrong with having stuff, but there is something wrong with your stuff having you. I'm not somebody that's gonna stand up here and say, hey, if you're a believer, you should be be broke, you should be poor because you're just giving it all away all the time. I believe that God does bless his people. But the thing is, is when you getting stuff becomes more important than you getting him, that's a problem. Excuse number two is we get buried in our calendar. It's a busy season for me. I've got all these other things that I need to worry about. I need to focus on this right now and then eventually I'll have some more time because once I get this next promotion or this next thing and all of a sudden we've always got all these excuses and I just want you to know that it's when when we stop for a moment and we say, God, what do you have for me today? And maybe that changes your calendar. Maybe you gotta get in there and do some editing. But you open yourself up because in that, God will show up. And he'll use you in ways that are bigger than you. I have no doubt in my mind that he'll do that. This, the third thing in this was the relationships. And I, 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 I remember it was a few years back, Shannon and I got to go, we went on a trip with um, her sister and my brother-in-law, and we went to uh, Las Vegas, and we went to one of the one of the buffets. My brother-in-law loves to eat, and so he's like, "We get there, they have this big buffet. They got lots of stuff." And I, I I made a rookie move in that in the very beginning of the line, there's like breads and those kinds of things, and so I filled my plate with some of that stuff, and then I went and sat down thinking I'll go back. And he came and he had prime rib and crab and all this stuff. And I was like, hey, where was that? And he goes, he goes, rookie, man, don't start at the beginning. You go to the end of this thing. That's where the expensive stuff is. They're making money on you right now. That's what he said to me. And they probably were. Um, but he said, you don't fill yourself up with, with fluff. Fill yourself up with the expensive stuff, with the good stuff. And I thought about that this week because I think that many of us, we have relationships in our life that we pour so much time, energy, and effort into, but yet how much time do we spend pouring into the most important relationship that we have? We begin to fill up on human relationships until we begin to treat those relationships with a higher priority than our relationship with God. And can I just tell you, there's no human relationship worth compromising your relationship with your heavenly father. As Christians, we need to stop with the excuses. 
It would make sense if we were being invited to something that was not good. If we were being invited to something that was painful or hard or, or being invited to something that would cause us damage. But in this story, these people are being invited to something that's amazing and yet they still find excuses to not go. And for us, how many things are we missing out on because we continue to make excuses. We continue to look at our life through what the world says is important instead of looking through what this book says is important. I mean, you know, if the, if the writer of the book is the creator of you, he knows you. He knows what you need. He knows what's good for you. He knows what will fulfill you. But the enemy, he's good. He lies. He convinces us. He makes us think that all these other things are so important. I, I don't have time right now. In America, we've lost the sense of urgency thinking that there will be all kinds of other opportunities. But I'm telling you right now, the time is short. Your time with your children is short. Some of you, you got little kids and you're like, man, when will they grow up? I'm telling you, it's gonna happen like that. They'll be, they'll be out of your house before you know it. Take advantage of every moment that you have with them to instill in them who God is and how much he loves them. Teach them how to prioritize because they're watching you. And you can say God's really important and church is important and, and being involved is important. But if at any moment you have just an opportunity to blow off being here or to blow off being involved in some way to go and do something that seems more fun, they're watching you. And they're learning that church is important until it's not. Oh, God is important until he's not. Some of you that are listening today, you need to hear this next part, and that is, he is worthy of all of you. Do you know that when he hung on that cross, he paid the price for all of you? He didn't pay for half of you. He didn't pay for part of you. He paid for all of you. He's already bought, you've been bought with a price, and it was a high price. He said, I see you and I love you and I designed you and I have great plans and dreams and desires for you. And so I'm willing to put myself into a position that no one should ever have to be in. And he said, but I'll do it because I want all of you. So we gotta stop with the excuses. We've gotta stop letting ourselves give ourselves only part way to him. Because it's when you give yourself fully to him that you find this thing called fulfillment. That's where you find actual joy. And I'm not talking about happiness. You may have moments of not being happy, but you'll know what joy actually is. I'm asking everybody in the room if you'll just close your eyes with me for the next few moments. Some of you, you're here and you're, you're new to your faith and, and maybe you're even in a position where you've, you've been so excited about what God is doing in your life and so this is even maybe sounds a little foreign to you because you're like, yeah, I'm all in. 
But I, I'm believing that there's probably many of us in this room and some who've been in the church for maybe quite a while and you've allowed yourself to become stale in your journey with Jesus. You've lost your first love. You still love Jesus, but you're not really chasing him. You're not really pursuing him. You're not really all in anymore. And the problem with that is, is it's that lukewarm thing that the Bible tells us about. And when we live lukewarm, we will never find satisfaction. It's when we, when we dive in and say, God, I trust you. So today, my, my challenge to everyone within the sound of my voice right now is to set aside whatever excuses you have. And in this new year, on this day that represents a new beginning, for you to be able to say, God, I am, I'm done with one foot in and one foot out. I'm done not pursuing you. I want what you have for me. Today, if that's you and you're in this place, I'm gonna just ask you to be honest about it and just say, yeah, I'm done being halfway. I'm done not actually pursuing what God has for me. I'm done making excuses. And if that's you today, I'm gonna ask you to do something that maybe is gonna make you uncomfortable, but I'm okay with it because I think it's important. And that is if you'd say, yeah, I, I haven't been. I've been making excuses. Would you do me a favor? Would you just stand to your feet right now because I want to pray over you because I'm believing that this is going to be an incredible year for you as you stand up. There you go. Keep standing up. Take one more moment. This isn't anything to be ashamed of. This is a moment where you're saying, God, I'm chasing you now. I'm going after you now. I want to pray over you. God, right now, I pray over every person that's standing in this room, in Star Valley, in Malawi, that God, as they're standing to their feet and they're saying, hey, I, I haven't been pursuing. I haven't been chasing. I've been making excuses. But the beginning of this year, I'm not making a resolution because those can be broken. I'm making a stance where I'm saying I'm moving forward towards Jesus. God, I just pray that you would bless them this year, that this would be uh, the first step in an amazing journey. That God, as they realize that they don't have to settle for anything less because you have a seat for them at the table. I pray, God, that they would believe that, they would trust that, they would pursue that. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you would use them in ways that are bigger than them, that they would no longer pursue the good, but they would pursue God, that they would pursue what you have for them. So Father, we give you all the praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you all stand with us as we sing these last couple songs? The prayer teams will be down here if you need prayer. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. 
If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.